Welcome to Takeaway Science, another in the series of short podcasts produced by BLAST at the Open University. Now be warned, there's more than a hint of chemistry in the three sequences that make up this particular podcast. Later on, we'll catch up with Ian Baines, a student studying molecular sciences with the Open University. Then OU chemistry professor Peter Taylor gets to tell us about his involvement with OU Science Broadcasting on the BBC. But first off, I'm going to talk with another OU chemistry academic, Dr Soteris Misailidis, about his research into cancer. And I started off by asking Soteris what his research involved. My research is focused on developing targeted therapeutics. We try to develop new anti-cancer therapies, but try to escape from the traditional chemotherapy and uh, develop molecules that target specifically cancer cells without damaging healthy cells so that we can either kill the cancer cell directly or deliver radiotherapy specifically to the cancer cells or chemotherapy. So it gets around the often horrific side effects that involve with chemotherapy. Yes, that's the idea that chemotherapy agents have severe side effects and uh, people struggle with them, whereas with these more modern approaches, we can target cancer cells specifically and avoid damaging normal cells, so avoiding uh, the side effects, organs that suffer from chemotherapy agents and so on. So hopefully, if we are successful, we'll be able to treat cancer with minimal side effects. And how successful have you been so far? Well, we've been successful enough in the laboratory stage and the research stage, and we have funding from cancer charities and uh, uh, pharmaceutical industry to develop this kind of uh, therapeutics. And we are at a preclinical stage where we still have very good results, and hopefully if that continues, we'll be able to go to clinical studies. It's quite a lengthy process, is it? What what is involved in the process of taking a drug from uh, the initial stages of research right through to the market? The whole process takes anything between 10 and 20 years. I mean, we're working on this program now for nearly 10 years, and we're finishing the laboratory and preclinical stage. And then you you have five to 10 years of clinical studies as well, uh, because the drugs need to be tested first in the lab, then in cancer cells, again in the lab, then in uh, human models, and then they can go to to humans in clinical trials. So it, it is a very lengthy process, and only one in a 1,000 or 10,000 molecules actually make it to the market. So the, the success rate is, is very low. Now, you've been the lead academic on a, a Level 1 Open University course called Understanding Cancer. Do you touch on your experience, your research experience, when you came to write that course? Yes, indeed. I mean, having worked on cancer for well, past nearly 10 years at the OU and uh, before that at Nottingham and Cambridge. So all that came together and uh, I edited a a book earlier on this year and then we produced, uh, I led the production of a new course on cancer. But we try to put all this knowledge and experience into uh, a course that would not only be for health professionals but would attract uh, people who suffer from cancer or families and friends or carers They will need to learn more about the disease, the processes involved in starting uh, or in getting cancer or the therapies available to treat cancer and so on. 
But it is a science course, isn't it? I mean, it is a science course, yes. So you, people taking this course are not expected to know chemistry? No, they're not. No, it is a level one course, which means that it is available for anybody that uh, they don't need to have specialized knowledge in chemistry, physics and so on. But we do try to teach science as well through the course. So there are uh, chemical processes appearing or physical yeah, but people shouldn't be put off by it. Not at all. Not the fact at that all. They don't have any chemistry knowledge. No, anymore. it's just sometimes that actually provides an explanation as to what happens in the various processes. For example, radiotherapy. There is a bit of physics behind it, but that's that would help the student understand what radiotherapy is and what are they getting treated with. And the same thing with chemotherapy. There is a bit of chemistry behind, but or there's a bit of biology in understanding why cancer develops. So there are the, the basic concepts and scientific ideas come through, but students should not be put off that they need to have specialist knowledge. What course materials go to make up the course? When, if you register for the course, what do you get? You get a book. There's a course book that we uh, prepared, the course team prepared, uh, and there is um, a DVD that will go with it that has um, activities, they have images, mm-hmm. And there is a course website, of course, where the students can interact. And this is a brand new course, isn't it? It is. It hasn't come out yet. It's, uh, it's, it's been launched this October. It's October 2008. Yes. So students can already register for the course. And we already have a, a good number that, um, started, that, that are starting in October. Yeah, so in the hundreds of registered yes, for Yes, we have about 400 and plus students so far, and hopefully a few more will join before the course starts. So, Tedros, thanks for joining us today, and I wish you well with the new course. Thanks for getting me here. It's been a pleasure. Dr. Satiris Misailidis, lecturer in the Open University's Department of Chemistry and Analytical Sciences and the academic who led the production of the OU Level 1 course, Understanding Cancers. You can find out more about this course by logging on to www.open.ac.uk forward slash study, clicking on the link to science on the right-hand side of the page and following the link to health sciences. Well, next up, it's Blast's David Smith, who popped into one of this year's OU residential schools, where he bumped into Ian Baines, an Open University student studying molecular science. David started by asking Ian why he chose to do a degree with the OU. I never got the chance to go to university when I left school, um, due to my parental divorce and reposition. I had to get a job to pay rent. Um, I've always been interested in science and laboratories. So I've worked as, I've got jobs as laboratory technicians, etc. Um, and via a convoluted career path, I'm working in the sort of science industry now. And I've got a stage where I can afford to do it. And I want to do it. So to prove to myself, I could, I could have done it if I had the chance, you know. How have you found the OU experience? Um, very good. It, you have to be quite um, regimented, you know, because you, you have to self-motivate, which I wasn't always the best at. So that's developed. I've been doing it for four years now, so I was quite slapdash to start with, and I learned that you, you can't cut corners so much. So I found it very, very uh, accessible. The interfaces for the, the internet are very useful. Um, tutorials, if you can get them, I recommend them definitely. And I've made some good friends. Yeah, so I definitely enjoy. I've very positive experiences. Yeah. What has been the most positive experience? Getting distinction results for some of my courses. You know, boost your self confidence. 
definitely. Um, you begin to, it's your self-belief, I think, when you begin to prove to yourself that you are capable, you know. Um, I'm quite self-effacing, I think it's a British way, you know, so to actually get a good result of something, so something yeah. else to market and appreciate yeah. what you do, it's quite rewarding, I think, you know. What made you choose chemistry itself? Well, when we choose it, always been interested in um, chemistry. I can't say why, I just find, I find it fascinating. I like, knowing how, well, I like knowing how things work, so be it from mechanical or chemical. OU chemistry student Ian Baines talking with Blast's David Smith. Well, if after listening to that you've a burning desire to get your hands dirty doing some practical chemistry of your own, check out the OU course Exploring the Molecular World, which has as its core a one-week residential school. This is a level two course designed to introduce the nature of chemistry practical work in the laboratory and to develop the skills involved with the recording and reporting of scientific data. Exploring the molecular world will also help build your confidence in working with a variety of laboratory equipment and techniques, as well as planning and carrying out experiments, including risk assessments. Throughout the school, students work in fully equipped university chemistry laboratories, and they get a chance to learn the practical techniques associated with inorganic, organic and physical chemistry. There's also a programme of evening workshops which students are expected to attend. To find out more about this hands-on chemistry course, log on to www.open.ac.uk forward slash study. Click on the link to science on the right-hand side of the page and then the link to chemistry. And so to the final sequence in this podcast in which Blast's project manager, Emily Younell, talks with OU Professor of Organic Chemistry, Peter Taylor, about his role as academic advisor to some of the Open University science broadcasts on the BBC. Over to Emily. Peter, I wondered if you could just give me a run-through of the programmes that you've been involved with. I made my first television programme in about 1978-79 at Alexandra Palace, and that was in the days when we made television programmes which were specific for courses. So, But I suppose it wasn't until the kind of mid-90s that we actually started producing programmes which were much more of general interest. And... One of the, the first series uh, um, I got involved in was around chemistry, the chemistry of almost everything. And I also was involved in a, a radio series called The New Curiosity Shop. Subsequently to that, I was involved in the development of a series called Rough Science, which went on to, to kind of produce a, ra a rather large number of series in the end. And more recently, I've been involved in a series called Alternative uh, Therapies. I would imagine that there's often a difference between producing a programme that's purely for entertainment and one that's for learning. Whereas the Open University tries to do both, doesn't it? It tries to produce general interest programmes, but ones which are academically sound. So I, I was wondering about how you sort of bridge that gap between the entertainment side and the learning side. I don't believe you can actually bridge the gap. I mean, it's a continuing tension right. between entertainment and providing knowledge. And I believe that one of the, um, the keys of open university programs is that they should be scholarly. They should actually challenge people to think a little bit about 
the world around them. But at the same time, I don't want to revert to the, um, the rather didactic programs that we made in, as they said, the 70s and, and the 80s. So there needs to be some kind of hook, some kind of entertainment value for people to want to watch it. And so there's always a certain tension between wanting to have something which is entertaining, which is going to keep the viewer interested, but at the same time is not going down to the lowest denominator and is just entertainment, is actually getting people to think and a little more than perhaps conventional programs, getting people to actually follow an argument through and hopefully realise the importance of, of science in the world and uh, the implications of science. Um, as you alluded to before, you've been involved with programmes that promote science in lots of different ways, from the you know the chemistry of almost everything to the very hands-on sort of side of rough science. What, what do you think are the best kinds of programmes for encouraging or interest in science? That's quite an interesting one because, again, it depends on the fashion of the day, I hate to say this, the fashion of the day, mm. but also about the content that you're trying to get across. So if it's a particular program on a particular issue, like climate change, then a documentary style is much more suitable for that, that kind of a series. I think um, the reason why Rough Science worked so well was because of the people involved, the fact that you could see scientists who weren't in white coats, who were really enjoying what they were doing, kind of, I think, struck a chord with, with a number of viewers. Blast's project manager, Emily Younell, talking there with Open University chemistry professor, Peter Taylor about some of the difficulties involved with balancing science content and entertainment in Open University science broadcasts. Well, anyone with an interest in how and why we communicate science will benefit from the OU's postgraduate science course called Communicating Science in the Information Age, a component course for the Open University's taught Masters MSc in Science. Using a mixture of case studies and articles, the course considers how science is communicated in different settings, through a range of traditional and new media, and what frameworks and methods have been proposed for researching these communications. Communicating science in the information age explores how scientists communicate with each other, and it looks at the role of public engagement activities, science centres and museums, print media, and digital television and radio in presenting science to a wider public. To learn more about this course, Log on to www.open.ac.uk forward slash study, click on the link to science on the right-hand side of the page, and then the link to postgraduate courses and qualifications in science at the foot of the page. You'll then find the course details you want under Taught Masters MSc in Science. Well, that's the end of another Takeaway Science podcast brought to you by BLAST at the Open University. For other podcasts in this series, revisit the Open University Science faculty website at open.ac.uk forward slash science. And if you want to find out more about some of the science outreach work carried out by the OU, 
then visit the BLAST webpages at blast.open.ac.uk. But that's all for now. So from me, Mike Bullivant, as ever, adios amigos.